Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Well, hello, welcome to Business of Design, episode 154. And I have a question for you. Is it woo-woo or is it strategic business planning? How do you feel about setting goals? I was definitely in the former camp years ago. I thought, oh, please, I don't have time to set goals because I'm too busy putting out fires. I have too many things to do. And when somebody would ask how many clients you want, it would be, well, however many call. It didn't occur to me that I could actually impact the number of clients who call, or more importantly, impact the type of client who called. So I'm a firm believer that setting goals and then building time into your calendar to work on those goals, especially on the days when you don't feel like working on those goals, is critically important if you're going to succeed in this super complicated complex, difficult, but gosh, we love it business, right? So you're in the right place if you're an interior design professional like me and like our guest today, Andrew Mitchell. Andrew Mitchell is a successful interior design professional. He lives in Melbourne and he has a company called Design Coach. Andrew launched the Design Coach two years ago. He wanted to share what he was learning with his community. He wants to help empower designers And he had to overcome a serious case of imposter syndrome, which we've talked about before at Business of Design many times. So his philosophy is built on a foundation of self-care and self-love. And you're going to hear how kind he is during this episode. And in fact, his design intervention has the word kind in it. In two short years, Design Coach has really taken off, though, and now he has members around the world. He hosts educational events, master labs and a retreat in Byron Bay, which you'll hear about on the show. Lots to talk about. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn. Hello, you. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, We have been spending quite a lot of time together as we're working on so many initiatives and strategies, but announcements today are going to focus on somebody else we love. Yes, Andrew Mitchell, the design coach in Australia. You'll be joining him for the Byron Bay Retreat in September. So it feels like you were just there, but I guess it's it's been a little while and you're headed back. I am excited to return. It's such a beautiful place. It's a humongous country, so you cannot see it all in one trip, and I'm looking forward to being in Byron Bay. The dates of the retreat, September 10th through the 15th. You sign up through the Design Coach. It's a Design Coach event, but Business of Design will be there. I will be there teaching Business of Design strategies for becoming more profitable and running your business like a boss. Yes, and for a limited time, you can save $200 on your tickets. So if you're thinking about going, make sure you register before March 21st. All right, everybody. I'm looking forward to hanging out in Australia with our Australian members. So that's going to be really fun as well. And we'll touch base with the Sydney chapter of Business of Design because we'll be doing a meetup as well. Yes, that'll be fun. Maybe I'll get to join you next time. Right? Next time you've got to come. Seriously, this is crazy. Janine is going with me this time. Janine is our program and events specialist and she'll be joining me this time. But you're on deck for next time. (laughs) Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. 
Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey, Andrew, how are you? I'm well, Kimberly. Nice to speak to you again. You too. Now it's Tuesday night here in Santa Monica. What time is it in Melbourne? It's Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Oh, it's tomorrow. Is tomorrow going to be a good day? When we wake up tomorrow, will we know ahead of time it's going to be an amazing day? It's an amazing day, Kimberly. So I get to speak to you and hopefully if the world's working that way, I get to speak to you again tomorrow as well. I love it. I love it. I'm so looking forward to returning to Australia and you've got exciting news. You've got your retreat coming up in Byron Bay. I've never been to Byron Bay, uh, but I already know I am going to be with like-minded souls at this retreat. Absolutely. You're going to be with some of your biggest fans. Um, You're going to be with designers who follow your processes, who are members The people that are coming along to the retreat know you and know your um, 15-step project management strategy. Uh, They're invested in your processes and they're invested in you as well. So a lot of the designers who are coming along came to our event that we had last year. So the masterclasses that we flew you over for. Well, I'm going to share the praise here because I heard nothing but wonderful things about you and the programs you run and the retreat that you host annually in Byron Bay. So I'm happy to hear there are some spots available. If you haven't jumped on this already, you definitely should. Yep. So it's coming up in uh, September. So 10th of September to the 15th of September. Um, It feels like a long way away, but it's actually coming up really, really fast, which is a great thing. Uh, It's in Byron Bay as we've talked about, which is for anyone who's in the States, that's sort of the north coast of New South Wales. So midway up Australia, it's beautiful weather, beautiful beaches, gorgeous location. Um, What do we do on the retreat? So aside from we've got workshops with Kimberley that we're actually really trying to customise to the needs because we know that there's going to be a lot of BOD devotees that will be coming along to this retreat for Kimberley and we don't want to sort of roll out any of the sort of same content that they might have heard at our masterclasses that we had in March. So we're asking designers to fill out a really intensive questionnaire. So the, the content will be sort of focused directly on what our retreat members really want and need. Um, which is exciting. I'm, I'm glad that we can sort of customise things for our members. Um, so aside from that, we'll be doing small group coaching sessions that will really drill down into the areas that the retreat members need help with. 
Um, and then, of course, because it's a retreat, we want to focus on the wellness side of things with activities like yoga, meditation. Um, we're going to have excursions out to beautiful properties that we always do every time we have the retreat. Um, that's a highlight for all of our past retreat members. We've got a couple of really exciting speakers. And then, of course, there's beautiful food, uh, local fresh foods that Byron Bay is really famous for and the odd little drink here and there to sort of <laughs> get the party going. Well, of course. And the fee yes. for the retreat is what? So the we've got a, at the moment we've missed out on the early bird special. Um, so we're offering at the moment what we're calling a smart bird special, which is really just encouraging people not to be a dodo bird. Um, the full price is $39.50, $3,950, but the smart bird price, which finishes on the 21st of March, is $3,750. So $3,750 Aussie dollars until March 21st. Correct. All right. We don't want anyone to be a dodo bird and miss out because we are going to work hard. It sounds like we're going to work hard and have fun. Yeah, and I think the feedback from when we got you out in March last year was that people wanted more. So this is this is getting more of you. I think there was a couple of people that came to like the Friday night session and then the Saturday or the Sunday session, but this is six days. Six days with Kimberly and we've got a great program organised, um, but we're also allowing a little bit of free time to explore Byron Bay as well. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. Everybody, I love yeah. Andrew Mitchell. You know I do. And one of the mm-hmm. reasons that I, I like you so much and we we bonded so quickly together is you're actually a practicing designer. And I find it's such a difference when you're talking to someone who actually has done this job from when you're talking yeah. to somebody who knows about this job in theory. They just cannot imagine the complexities that we face every single day, the stress that we can be under doing something yep. that sounds like fun, renovating a house. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You must love your job. Well, I do, but it's really hard and stressful, right? And you get that and I get that. So I think that's why we bond so well with each other and with our communities. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's also... Um I think you never stop learning, and I, I think that the the our what we do changes all the time. So it's really important that we've both got our hand in everything that's happening in the design industry and making sure that we understand from the perspective of what our you know our design coaching customers are experiencing as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now we don't just go on holidays and end up at retreats, do we? We actually have real clients with real budgets and real stressors and real successful accomplishments, uh, just like everybody else. So let's talk about work. How is work? Yeah, so work, I love it. We're, We're so blessed, aren't we, to do something that we're passionate about, but it's not all roses you know we've got to take the good with the bad we've got to uh understand that as a designer we have to wear so many different hats Mm -hmm. we have to be an accountant we have to be a bookkeeper we have to be a project manager we have to be uh you know the site foreman (laughs) counselor we have to be a gopher we have to be 
That's yeah. all on top of the creative, exciting aspects that we, we love to do as well. It, it's um, so and true. I think that one of the things that I love listening to you, your podcasts and, and getting into the content of the lessons that you teach is that you're really encouraging designers to learn to love all aspects of what we do. Well, because there's no getting around it, right? If we want to be successful, mm. we have to do all those boring bits. Um, people often yeah. say, I hate the paperwork, and I just try to remind them that the paperwork is where the money is, so don't hate it. Yep. Uh, embrace it and, and get I, past it, right? I love that you've, you've encouraged, you probably more than anyone I know, you encourage designers to learn to love making money, and that's something I'm passionate about as well. Right. Okay, good. And something else you and I bonded about, and that is the fact that it's so hard when you're busy with clients, you're busy with projects, you have a thousand things you need to be doing. It is so hard to take time to work on your business. The temptation is just to keep pushing that aside, right? I'll just do this one more project, finish this one more job, source this one more item. And in fact, if you don't take time to work on your business, you'll keep repeating the same mistakes. And I've made a ton of mistakes in my business, and I've shared some of them on the podcast. Have you made a mistake in your business in the last 20 years, Andrew? <laughs> uh, do, do you think? Yeah. I think uh, I, um, I get a little bit nauseous just thinking about how many there have been. Um, yeah. And look, I still continue to make mistakes. That's part of learning, and it's part of pushing yourself to be the best version of yourself possible. It's part of setting really lofty goals for yourself that you will stumble, you will fall. But what we would both like to think is that designers are learning and they also have the opportunity to learn from some of our mistakes as well. And I'm not making the same mistakes as I made 20 years ago when I first started and I'm not making mistakes of the same magnitude as I was making 20 years ago right. and not as damaging and detrimental to my business and not damage, as damaging and detrimental to me personally, which was probably the more dangerous and scary part of it as well. Well, it could be soul crushing when there was really no way of figuring out why I made the mistake, what happened, what went wrong. It becomes so much more manageable when you say, oh, right, I see why this went wrong. I didn't follow this process. And every single time I don't follow a process, something goes wrong. Oh, very explainable. I know how to handle this. That's a lot different than what happened? Why does this keep happening to me? Why are my clients jerks when everybody else's clients are amazing? It turns out it wasn't the clients at all. It was me. It was me, me, me. So... Um, yeah. I do want to talk about how do you, when you're coaching designers, how do you get them to slow down in order to clean up the systems and processes that they have in place? And then I want to talk about goal setting. But the first thing I want to ask about is yeah. how do you get people to slow down and to fix the things that are broken? So I, I always start by getting people to firstly step off the hamster wheel and stop. Generally, if people are coming to me for coaching, they're ready to do that anyway because they're asking for help. So they're, they're happy to stop the day-to-day -day sort of um, work process that they have to go through and just sort of responding and reacting to client situations and, and crises. 
So they're willing to step out of the day-to-day work cycle and they want to look at their business and start working on the business and work on themselves personally and their behaviors. So the first point that I do is to give people permission to dream, give people permission to stop and think about the big picture. And we'll touch on this when we get into the goal setting, but it's really about giving yourself permission to think about the best case scenario of what you want out of the business that you're running. Because all of us just get so busy working day to day, month to month, year to year, and before we know it, years have gone past and we haven't even looked up to think, what do I want out of this? What do I want to achieve, not just professionally but personally? Mm. And when somebody gives you the permission to stop and think big, big goals, big dreams, it's, a, it's quite, it's quite a, a wonderful, liberating experience. I don't know if anybody will relate to this, but when somebody would ask me that, let's, let's say it's 20 years before I, Mm -hmm. my dreams were so tiny. My goals were so tiny. I just want to make a living. It it was so vague. I just want to make my clients happy. I just want to like, just like a teeny little thing as if I wasn't entitled to earn a tremendous living as if I wasn't entitled to feel like I was actually the boss. It took so long for me to wrap my head around the fact that I was holding myself back. Yeah. And I think that a lot of designers put themselves in that same situation for whatever reasons, whether it's a lack of confidence, whether they've been told that they will never be achieving anything great or, You know, even for some of the designers that I coach, there's a recurring sort of conversation that we have that basically says that they've been told by their parents that we have a saying in Australia, don't be too big for your boots. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't imagine that you can be more than you actually are. So that's a terrible way to bring up a child. And I, you know, it's not having a go at parents of that particular generation because they came from periods of hardship but but we live in a period of abundance and and you're allowed to have beliefs that you can do whatever you want to do and it's yeah it's it's everyone has those dreams everyone Mm -hmm. has them it's just whether or not you allow yourself to believe that you are capable of it and you're you give yourself the opportunity to even dwell on those dreams it's true isn't it that we're all kind of hardwired based on our upbringing and the influences we had in our life? Did you have a teacher who told you you could do anything? Or did you have a teacher who told you that you would never amount to anything? Or a parent who used that language? So there's a lot to overcome sometimes. I know for myself, I was so stunted and I didn't even realize how stunted I was. We kind of joke now that our family motto was, who do you think you are? Um, so we did not grow up with like positive messaging of you can be anything. In fact, I remember being forced to take typing in summer school because my father said I would have to support myself one day because nobody would marry me. And so I should be able to become a secretary. And 
you know, you wow. just accept those sort of messages as a young person and you don't realize how internalized they become. And so getting yeah. confidence to get out of that is really challenging. Yeah. And I think that the whole purpose of getting designers to stop and think big picture is, from my perspective, it's connecting emotionally to what you want. It's it's when we connect emotionally to what we want that we're more likely to chase those chase those goals and push ourselves through the difficult times because there's always going to be difficult times. Running a business is tough and no one's going to – if anyone tells you anything other than that, they're lying. Um, yeah. So – but but what can keep you going through the tough times, and they're not all tough times, what can keep you going through the tough times is a connection to something that is bigger than just making money, something that's bigger than just expanding your office to be a bigger-sized office or having more projects or having X number of photo shoots done or publications in X number of magazines. They're, they're all worthwhile goals to have, but... Why do you want those goals? What, why are you connecting to it? Is it giving you a better lifestyle? Is that bigger paycheck that comes in every month, is what, what's it doing? How's it benefiting your friends, your family? How's it benefiting you personally? Is it making you happier? Is it making you more free? Is it making you less stressed? If all of those things count, then yes, that's a worthwhile goal to be striving towards. How do you set about getting people to open up their goals and give me, can you give me an example of what a big goal would be? Because I do remember saying things like, I just want my clients to be happy. I don't have to make a fortune. I just want to make a living, whatever that meant. I had such tiny, you know, feeble goals. So if, if you were my coach back then, what would you have told me to reach for? So I'd, I'd first want to know what does your design business look like? Do you Are you working on your own or are you working with a team? Um, and if so, rather than just looking at the fact that you want to work with a team, why do you want to work with a team? Is it just so that you're earning more money or is it so that you can have that wonderful camaraderie that you have when you're working with a team? Is it so that you can pass on over the years, you can pass on knowledge and you can launch new careers with the staff members that you've got working for you? That's something that connects emotionally. That's a big lofty dream to have a, you know, whatever it is, whether you've got a team of four, a team of 10, a team of 20. It's an amazing sort of lofty goal to have for, you know, big picture long term. But Rather than just looking at it as something that's sort of almost like a statistic that you've got an office set up with 12 people working in it, faceless people, imagine what that office looks like. Imagine being in that office, visualise the office. How does it look? Where is it located? Who are the people? Are they young graduates or are they people who've been in the industry for a while? Are they single mums who are, you know, wanting flexible work hours? Who are they and, and how are you making a difference in the world? And, and that will connect you emotionally to it. One of the most satisfying things about having a career where you hire other people, I think, is seeing them thrive and yeah. watching them buy a home, 
or have a baby and thinking on some level, you know, wow, I contributed to that. That's a real thing. I contributed. Yeah. And I think that um, the community aspect of what we do is huge because we're, our reach is so enormous because we're not just ourselves. We're, we're, we're not just ourselves and our clients. We're the team of people that work with us. We're our suppliers. We're our manufacturers. We're our trades. We're our builders. It's an incredible network. And if I look back over 20 years of having my business, the relationships that I've established, and that's a huge value of my business. It's a huge personal value of mine is that I connect with people, that what we do with our jobs is all about strengthening and building relationships. It's not just about making money. It's not just about making beautiful interiors. It's about building relationships because at the end of the day, isn't it what it's all about? It's all about people. That's so true. So let's talk about just setting goals in general then. Are goals fluffy? In other words, is goal setting like something people do like all woo-woo and (laughs) not really no tangible benefits or is there an actual benefit to setting a goal? So absolutely. One of the things that I wanted to talk about today is not to debunk but to analyse the SMART method of setting goals, which we may or may not have heard about, but SMART is an acronym. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, Time-Bound. Now, that's quite an old method that's that's quite popular with um, corporates. Um, so, you know, they, they really want goal setting to be measurable mm-hmm. and they want it to be um, relevant to who you are and what you're doing and they want it to have a specific amount of time set to it. Now, that's all good. So for the majority of goals where you want to have outcomes, I think it's really important that we that you look at that model. But what that does is it really stops in this first stage. So I'm, I'm suggesting three stages of goal setting, three stages um, being set over different terms. So there's long-term goal setting, which I'm classifying as Every designer will be different with how they sort of put timeframes on things. It could be two years, it could be five years, it could be even longer than that. Medium-term goal setting is, say, six months to about 12 months, two years. And then short-term goal setting is about one week through to about six months. Um, So where I'm talking about sort of moving away from the SMART model is when we're looking at the long-term goal setting that I've been talking about, connecting emotionally. And I think it's really important that you move away from that model and do get a little bit woo-woo and do get a little bit fluffy to start with. And you start with your long-term goal setting because that's ultimately, we've got to look at the big picture and think, why am I doing this? Why, why am I getting myself into a business where I'm going to have to work hard? I'm going to put myself under a lot of pressure. I'm going to put my... Um, put myself under a lot of responsibility. Why am I doing all of that? I need to be understanding why I'm doing it in the long term. You don't set up a business to be in it for short term. You don't want to be setting up a business and expect that you're just going to be able to retire after 12 months, two years. Um, It's it's a long-term focus. So starting with the long-term, a little bit woo-woo, means that you can attach yourself 
to the emotional outcomes of it. What is it? It's I'm working really hard so that I can help support my family. I'm working really hard so that I can have overseas travel. I'm working really hard so that I can build my dream home. I'm suggesting that sort of when we move from long-term goals to medium-term goals, we start to focus a little bit more on behavioural aspects. Principle-based, value-based um, actions will affect our behaviours. So examples of that might be that a medium-term goal would be in the next six months, I really want to get serious about my systems. I want to take on board Kimberly's 15-step project management um, system and I want to put that into practice. So in order to do that, I need to be really focused and I need to be consistent and I need to be committed to be able to roll out that system. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering if the, so then with something like that, if that's a medium range goal, would then the short term goals be the steps that lead you to hit the medium term goal? Yeah, so short term I'm suggesting would be more activity based. So they're things that are time and outcome focused. Um, so there'd be actions that you'd support that would support immediate business growth and 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 actioning important business items. So an example of that might be a marketing strategy. So a 90-day marketing strategy or a 60-day marketing strategy that you know that you've got to implement over the course of three, four weeks. So mm-hmm. that would be more activity-based. So knowing that you've got your social media um, strategy that you need to post three three uh, Instagram posts per week, that you need to release also a newsletter once a month, whatever those things are. So they're more action-based, more um, activity-based items. So how do you keep the short-term goals from getting in the way of the long-term goal? Like at what point do you put aside the the more immediate things to work on the long-range goal? I think that when you're doing your goal setting and you're planning for for your whether it's a, your short term, your medium term, or your long term, is that always keep in mind: are these goals? And goals shouldn't be confused with a to-do list. So a to-do list that you're setting up in Trello or Asana that are things that you have to get get done. So you know, produce the documentation for Smith. They're, they're things that should be absolutely focused on and actioned as part of your um, work week and part of your planning strategy. But goals should be more based on, you know, as I sort of used the, the example there with, say, a marketing strategy. And you want to look at that. When you, when you set the marketing strategy as one of your short-term goals, is what you're doing in line with your medium-term and your long-term goals? If the answer is yes, when you start to look at your medium-term behavioural goals and you understand that you want to, say, for example, with the marketing strategy, it might be something that's outsourced to somebody else. Um, so is part of your medium-term goals was that you want to free yourself up from the business. You want to be um, freer in the business and 
have more focus on specific aspects. Like you want to be doing focusing more on the creative and less on the marketing side of things and the financial side of things. You want to get a bookkeeper. You want to get a marketing strategist. So are those things in line with what you set as your medium-term goals? And then are those are those goals for the marketing, are they in line with what you're wanting to do with growing your business? Is is the marketing strategy in line with what you want for the size of the business that you want for the future? Right. It's interesting. It's almost like I, I feel like maybe what I would want to do is brainstorm and just throw out the big ideas, the really big, big, big mm-hmm. ideas, and then maybe just in a free association assign each goal or each thought or each vision or dream, I guess, to a category, long range, medium range, short range. Yeah. When you, when you start with the, the, the long-term goals, the, sh- the medium-term and the short-term goals start to materialize. So I really mm. do encourage people to take the time to think with the big picture in mind. They're the ones that sit in the back of your mind constantly reminding you in a very subtle and hopefully kind way that this is the direction that you should be moving. So it helps guide your intuition about, oh, does that feel right? Does that, when you've got somebody who approaches you for a job position and you've already set the goals that you want to expand to a larger studio, is that you're going to be open to that. If you haven't ever sort of set that goal that you want to expand your studio to a larger size, then you're less likely to be open to the idea of talking to somebody who approaches you about working together. Right. What's the fine balance, I guess, between the big vision, the big dream, yep. and yep. and reality? Because I, I find most designers think too small, not too big. You touched on a really good thing here is that I think most people think too small. And I'm just so much about encouraging people to think big. So when we put aside that measurable, um, tangible, time-bound thing and we start to look at big lofty goals, we sort of get a little bit inspired and excited if, if we're doing it genu- genuinely. Um, one thing that we, I do need to point out is that we need to pra- learn to practice um, detachment from that goal. So this is a really tricky principle to get our heads around and I struggle with it myself. I'll share with you in a minute an example of myself not dealing with this very well at the start of this year. Um, But you need to be able to detach yourself from the outcome of actually achieving that goal in the way that it means that if you don't achieve that goal, if you don't earn a million dollars in the year in 2025, don't make yourself wrong. Don't make yourself a failure. You set a lofty goal and you didn't achieve it. I mean, it's one thing if you don't do anything between now and 2025 to achieve that goal, well, you need to have a good hard look at yourself. But if you've given it a really good crack and you've really struggled hard to make that happen and maybe you didn't make a million dollars, maybe you made half a million dollars, well, good on you for giving it a go and getting halfway there. It's time to recalibrate, time to reset your goals for the next five years and say, okay, 2030, I want to be earning a million dollars. Right. 
And I think that that frightens a lot of designers away from setting goals altogether. So and sometimes and even the, if you fall short of your goal, you've gotten so much further down the road because you had the goal. Yeah, 100%. Um, the example that I was going to use um, <laughs> to explain how I'm not so good at taking on my own advice was at the start of this year, I've just got so many goals for what I want to be doing with the design coach, with uh, my interior design business, Mr. Mitchell, with I'm traveling this year for six weeks of the year, I'm turning 50, I'm getting married in less than a month, and all of these things, it's such an exciting year, and I just, at the start of the year, I just fell in a heap. Um, And it took me a while to work out why I fell in a heap. Um, And it was really because I was overwhelmed by how much I had coming up, by how lofty the goals were that I set for myself. And it was terrifying. But once I'd sort of recognized that and I'd taken my own advice about detachment, everything became okay. You know, I'm already sort of kicking goals for the year. Um, I'm back into it and, and it doesn't matter if I don't achieve all of those goals, at least I'm trying. Right. And it allows you also to keep things in perspective, doesn't it? You've got a wedding coming up and, um, is Shane, how's Shane doing? Is he excited? He's very excited. We're both very excited. We're over the hump of all of the stuff that we have to get done. And now we're sort of on the downhill slide to just getting excited. It's great. Did you find planning your own wedding kind of gave you insight and compassion for clients? It's just such a big project and can be so overwhelming and scary. And I found myself when I was helping my daughter plan her wedding, thinking this is how clients feel. They are afraid of all the things that they don't have control over in a renovation. And and it sort of brought that home for me. Yeah, I think if we'd been smart, we would have engaged a wedding planner. (laughs) But... um, Shane's actually in events, so he's taken on board a lot of that responsibility. But, um, you know, so I I think it would be a really exciting and it would be a lot of a relief to have somebody on board to help manage that, but we're doing it ourselves. So, yes, it gives me a great, great insight into what clients go through. Well, we demand to see photos. Okay. I promise. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, okay, so dream big. Set some yes. goals for yourself. Decide whether they're long-term, medium-term, or, term, or short-term goals. And go for it. Really go for it. Yeah. Really commit yourself. For me to be able to commit myself to goals, I have to block time in my calendar. I have to make yep. it a priority. I have to sit down some days at my desk and work on something I don't feel like working on. Yeah. Do you know a tip um, for making that more pleasurable is give yourself half a day off and go somewhere nice, inspirational, whether it's a cafe by the beach or it's somewhere out of town. You could even make a weekend of it. Um, I've done that before. I've taken myself up to the northern um, area of Queensland and locked myself in a hotel and done some of my goal setting sitting by the pool. Um, it's, yeah, treat yourself. That's a lovely suggestion. 
Andrew, we love to end every episode with design intervention. What are you thinking of for today? So uh, I don't want this to sound too corny, but the principle of kindness. And I think that not just from a personal perspective, but from a business perspective, when you're kind to yourself and you're kind to other people, you get so much more done. Uh, Mm -hmm. Your life is so much more enjoyable and the world's just a better place. I love that. And actually, I love that you said, be kind to yourself. I have kind of a rule. I can't say anything to myself that I would not be willing to say to one of my children. And that stops me cold sometimes. Because you know how it is. You'll make a mistake and you go, oh, you're such a stupid idiot. And I think, huh, which one of my kids would I say that to? (laughs) Neither. (laughs) So don't say it to you, right? Anyway, such, such great advice. I, for one, am looking forward to being in beautiful Byron Bay. I've heard so much about it, and I'll have an opportunity to go back to Melbourne. I'll have an opportunity to go to Sydney again. Um, I was just devastated, devastated to learn that so much of Kangaroo Island was destroyed by fires and the Southern Ocean Lodge is gone. Uh, How is everybody doing now? Look, I'm not a... 100% across everything around Australia, but we've had good amount of rain in Victoria and New South Wales. So up around Byron Bay, there were, there were really serious bushfires, Victorian, the uh, eastern part of Victoria was heavily, heavily affected by the bushfires, but we've had a lot of rain around the country. Um, And I think that, yes, the situation has vastly improved, but if any of your viewers or your listeners are are interested is that they can go to, um, we've set up for our wedding, we've set up a GoFundMe um, site for rural aid who contribute to the bushfire victims and also prior to the bushfires, a large part of New South Wales was under a very long period of drought. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, I hate to say, but there, there's areas of Australia that have been really heavily affected by floods. So yeah. it doesn't rain, it pours. I know. It's the yin and yang. So how do we find the GoFundMe page? I can send you the link to the GoFundMe page and, um, and perhaps we can put that on with the session notes for the podcast. Yes, absolutely. We would love to do that. We'd love to support it. And looking forward to seeing some photos of you and Shane on your wedding day and nothing but blue skies ahead. Thank you. Yeah, and we're so excited to get you out in September. It's going to be here before we know it. I'm ready. I'm packed. Let's go. Yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so, so much, Andrew. Great to talk to you, Kimberly. You too. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.